Does it have Gutenberg on it? For the Does it have Gutenberg? Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. the proper approach pattern for today. Negative. All the weapons! Now! Charge the lightning field! So, I fell down a rabbit hole last night. Do tell! That I thought I would never see the light of day ever again. Who says you have? Well, what do you remember? Has it changed? Is the nightmare still going? (laughs) Okay, so specifically, do you remember when McGriddles came out? Uh, somewhat. Do you remember them being plugged by a mascot called the Griddler? No, I don't. The Griddler? What did he look like? Like Mayor McCheese, but with a McGriddle for a head. Huh. Did, did he have uh, griddles that he asked? <laughs> That'd be more interesting. No, no, he would just steal the McGriddles from Ronald. What an asshole. They're not his to steal, you know? I mean... That's what stealing is. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Sorry. Every once in a while, those Judeo-Christian ethics, they plop out of my head. <laughs> like, a, like a new daughter springing forth from Zeus's brow. <laughs> This whole thing was bizarre because I was like, no, that's not real. That's stupid. And I kept looking into it, and I kept looking into it, and the official Ronald McDonald Instagram mentions him at one point. And I was like, wait, what? Huh. McDonald has no information. Everybody who's tried to contact their customer service just says they don't know. They don't say yes or no. What is that? I know. They're like, well, we don't have any information at this time. That's uh, these form letters they send out in response. And so then I kept looking for references, see how far back it went. So the main crux of the theory is that there was a mascot that appeared in at least two commercials between 2003 and 2006, plugging McGriddles, and he would steal from Ronald. So... I don't remember that. I don't know anybody who does remember that, but there are so many people that vividly remember this happening. This has to be a, a modern phenomenon, right? Because like people are looking back and they don't remember. I was able last night to trace back mentions of this all the way back to 2005. It would have been on TV at that point. Hmm. The McDonald's Wikipedia lists him as a character. The McDonaldland wiki lists him as a character. He's mentioned in... A bunch of books talking about McDonald's. He's mentioned by parody accounts, but in passing, not as a subject of the parody or whatever. There are just these passing references to this character that I don't think exists, but a huge number of people just assume does. It's really bizarre. I spent like four hours last (laughs) night, just last night. I have to find out if this is real because this doesn't make any sense. You could have spent that time watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. Well, time well spent. (laughs) Four hours of my life I'll never get back. (laughs) Which one? That one or this one? Yes. (laughs) The more I looked into it to try and debunk or prove it, the more evidence I found 
that it existed, but then also no evidence that it existed. There are no pictures or videos anywhere on the internet. And I don't just mean because I didn't look. That's actually what it says in the Wikipedia. There are no pictures or videos that exist (laughs) of this character. But they all list him as a character that existed. Huh. I think it's a combination of conflating Grimace and the Hamburglar. But at the same time, I've seen so many mentions of it going all the way back to 2005 that I'm like, did this happen somewhere? The thing about most Mandela Effect instances is that you don't find physical proof of any kind. It's just collective thoughts. But finding specific elements like that spread out for so long, it always then comes back to the greater question of if it is a Mandela Effect. And no matter how you're explaining that, some force has to be able to change these things. And if they are leaving those things around, why would they? Are they just missing them? Yeah, that's kind of one of the prevailing theories, if you look into Mandela Effect, that if you're talking about the version of Mandela Effect where it's multiple universes or whatever, alternate timelines, then yes, the prevailing theory is that whoever is manipulating these events just happens to miss something, or the people that notice it are the ones that have shifted between timelines. Perhaps we should get into the Mandela Effect itself? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. So, okay, for people who don't know, the Mandela Effect is a term that was first coined in 2009-2010 by a self-described paranormal consultant, which sounds like should be like a character in a new season of Sherlock. <laughs> or, yeah. or the job that I most wanted as a child. Yeah, you and Ray Stans are the only two. Yeah, yeah, it's the job that Vinkman grifts the government out of money for. Yeah, that's exactly right. This one specifically, her name was Fiona Broom. And she uh, was at a conference with other people, and she discussed how she remembered the tragedy of the death of Nelson Mandela in a South African prison in the 1980s. Recalled the funeral, the eulogy. The thing is, none of that happened. Uh, Nelson Mandela was released from prison after the apartheid government fell, and he was elected president of South Africa and died in 2013. Hey, that's not how I remember this happening. <laughs> right? But for some reason, there's an enormous amount of people who believe that he died in the 1980s. I mean, this and uh, quite a few of these other things, uh, I have to say, is because of our somewhat racist and mm. very much self-centered view of the world and events happening in it. That we just, as Americans, we don't tend to give a shit if it's not us. And so mm-hmm. much of it, you know, we just kind of confabulate. So that's where the the idea started was that there's a weird phenomenon where people have, large groups of people, have vivid memories of an event that has no physical evidence that it, that it exists looking back on it. And so, and that sounds silly and it sounds dumb. It sounds like you're just misremembering something. But in this specific phenomenon, there's always enough evidence to support the idea that it's real. And it's hard to pin down where and why and how the human brain works in that fashion. But, man, it's a thing. And it's even more of a thing since the internet. Yeah, I think the thing that makes it stand out is that unlike – all right, you and I, oftentimes we will remember things differently. 
And I know that my memory is faulty. So usually <laughs> I say, okay, I don't remember it happening that way. It probably did. And I'm just misremembering. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's people from vast numbers of people from wide swaths of the population all seeming to remember a particular event all in the same way, it gives it a natural level more of credence than you'd normally attach to it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when people say they're oh, like mass hallucinations of the Phoenix Lights or something. How did so many people see the same thing all at the same time? And you're just going to write it all off as being, you know, a, a random psychological phenomena. It's harder to explain. Like the Nuremberg UFO incident. Yeah. Or the um, cannon fight in L.A. Oh, the in World War II? Yeah. Yeah. Th these are things that's seen by hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. It's, it's much harder to just shun as though it's not a thing. Right. I think it's complicated. It's not just one thing or another. The Mandela effect is not just one phenomenon. It's a, I think it's a series of phenomena that we kind of lump together because the outcome is kind of the same. Mm -hmm. I, I think most people have at least run into incidents of this in their lives, but it's a phenomenon that, you know, like it only, it's only been named and sort of singled out since uh, 2009-2010. Uh, but... You know, incidents of this go back since the the, the dawn of civilization, obviously. Um, That's why any, like, QAnon or weird fact floating around that's false, false quotes, uh, you know, like, Samuel Beckett said, I had the biggest dick in the land. You know, <laughs> you can say that, and that'll get shared around, and people will believe that, but it's the retraction or the fact check that doesn't make the rounds with the same veracity as the fib. Honestly, yes. And poor education and, and lack of information is one of the fundamental elements that go into the Mandela effect. But it's more complicated than that as well. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Are you some sort of cosmonaut? <laughs> this is super entry level for people who <laughs> don't understand the Mandela effect. But one of the most famous Mandela effect... The shared memory of people who grew up in the 80s and 90s who think that Sinbad, the stand-up comedian and actor, starred as a genie in a movie called Shazam. It is quite racist, uh, unfortunately, because Sinbad was never in a movie called Shazam. There was Shaquille O'Neal, who played a genie in a movie called Kazam. Which sucks. Yes. It's, it's awful. Mm-hmm. Now they both happen to be black men in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> On the VHS tape of Kazam, there is a preview for... Uh, first Kid? First Kid, yes. Starring Sinbad. And vice versa. On the Sinbad First Kid VHS, there is a preview for Kazam with Shaquille O'Neal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sinbad dressed up a couple times in like pirate-esque attire, and genies are also often associated with Sinbad's name, based on the Ray Harryhausen movies, which starred Sinbad and, but again... Sinbad the Sailor. Yes, Sinbad the Sailor, not the comedian. It would have been interesting if Ray Harryhausen had had Sinbad the, the comedian fighting some <laughs> claymation skeletons. Well, and not only that, but Sinbad did host a Sinbad the Sailor movie marathon on TV in 1994. Mm -hmm. And he was dressed in Middle Eastern attire. Well, like stereotypical Middle Eastern yeah, attire. Yeah, it was very like 
pi- like Middle Eastern pirate kind of look. Mm-hmm. I understand like finding that. I don't see like so many people would have seen that to then drift into mass memory. But I mean, it's possible. In the age of the internet, though, I could see why people would feel like there's evidence that because if they see pictures of him dressed that way, they think it's from... It's it, it, but I feel like that might be like more people trying to prove their false and wrong memories of mixing up one black man for another. One interesting thing I did come across was there is a movie poster for House Guest where Sinbad is coming out of the the mailbox like a genie <laughs> out of the lamp. Uh, it's it's disgusting that just in my mind's eye I can see that. Right? Ugh. And that's sad and weird, but I think that's a, a maybe a tiny element of that. And not only that, but so there was a thing in the show All That on Nickelodeon where... Where he's kind of dressed up a little bit like a genie. He's coming into a, yes. a party. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when you look at the outfit, you're like, what is that supposed to be? Right. Because it's not... It's like vaguely African. Yeah, it's it's odd. He has a funky hairdo and some glasses on. I did look at that before this. But again, uh, that's such a leap in my mind from that to like, this guy was in this movie. He was in a skit where Keenan Thompson had a character that was supposed to be kind of like coming to America type, uh, vaguely African character. Mm-hmm. And Sinbad played his father in a cameo. And he was dressed in sort of like Moorish attire. Mm-hmm. People thought he looked like a genie. And also, I hate to say this, but this has got to be part of it. That's a time when people wore a lot of hammer pants. <laughs> right, yeah. Which are essentially genie pants. <laughs> I genuinely think that's part of the like the, the visual lexicon people have created about this, because you're correct, the, there was no movie called Shazam starring Sinbad. It didn't exist. But people have stitched these things together, and... The internet has helped reinforce these completely false notions, but people remember these things vividly. There's a lot of those things we get kind of wrong, or do we? Was it actually a different way in a different universe? Let's just run through a few of these, okay? Okay. All right. Hey, Skip, what's a famous (laughs) thing that people in Star Trek say? Oh, you're asking about Beam Me Up Scotty, aren't you? I am asking about Beam Me Up Scotty, and mostly I'm asking about that is because... That's never uttered in Star Trek. Never once. But it's become a culturally known thing that everybody says that comes from that show, but we all say it wrong. You know, a similar vein to that would be the name of this podcast, Dispatch Ajax. Oh, We don't do, they never say, they say Dispatch War Rocket Ajax, but we would just say Dispatch Ajax. We would cut out the War Rocket. And it's not necessarily that we misremembered. We, well, I mean, we kind of did. It just flowed better, and we never pointed it out to each other, you know, geez, 20 years ago, and we still said Dispatch Ajax all the times. Yeah. Skip, do you remember a baseball <laughs> movie uh, starring Kevin Costner? Uh-huh. Now, there's a there's a particular famous quotation. What did, Do you remember what that was? If you build it, they will come? If you build it, they will come. Uh-huh. That's never said in the movie. What? In fact, they say, if you build it, he will come. Cthulhu. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the great old one will come up and finally uh, take away all of Kevin Costner's Oscars. <laughs> Kevin Costner's. <laughs> it makes more sense when you think about what happens in the movie, that all the baseball players will come, not just his father, not the particular baseball historian, but all the baseball fans. But it is, he will come. How about there's a Steven Spielberg movie starring a giant shark? 
Uh, now, when Roy Scheider's character sees this shark, he describes the need for something. Do you remember how that line goes? Looks like we're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, did oh, how, Could you say that again? I'm sorry. I said it looks like you're going to need a bigger boat. A lot of people say we are going to need a bigger boat. That's what the... Uh, again, like it, when it's on T-shirts or, or whatnot, um, most people say mm-hmm. that, but it's you are going to need a bigger boat. How about a particular movie starring Tom Hanks where he sits on a bench? Yeah. Um, he says, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You know, that's what most people say. But in reality, he said life was like a box of chocolates, not is. But in the past tense. Yeah, which kind of changes the whole meaning of that scene. Well, the the movie, actually. Yes. Yes, it does. And it's a tough one on that one because later in the film, you actually see his dying mother and she does say life is like a box of chocolates. Um, But that makes more sense that he says was because like he's reflecting back on his life. Exactly. Yeah. But again, it's not how it is mass remembered. Let's keep this going, my friend. Okay. There is a certain film starring a man named Rick set in Morocco and... Okay. I actually was hoping this was the next one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when people want, you must remember this played on the piano, what do they say? Play it again, Sam. That's wrong. Nope. Not at all. Nobody says, play it again, Sam. Rick says, play it. He says, play it. He says, if she could stand it, then I can too. She says, play it, Sam. And no version of that. Does anyone ever say, play it again, Sam? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it. this went enough to where, like, Woody Allen even made a movie called Play It Again, Sam. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's not a thing. It never was a thing. And I think that particular part of the phenomenon is not just misremembering. I think that's a different phenomenon. I think this is somebody saw it on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt or somebody was trying to like, or it's something that people said at a party joking around about recollections of the movie. They were summing up the gist of the reference and that ended up becoming the reference, right? Yes. Uh, I could, I can see that happening. It, it is a bit of a leap at sometimes to like think of someone making memorabilia based on a wrong line. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I don't know. Beam me up, Scotty. 100% that's one of those. I remember in the 80s at Star Trek convention seeing t-shirts that say, beam me up, Scotty. But everyone there also knew that was never said in the show or in any of the movies or ever once by anybody, actually. <laughs> I also think beam me up, Scotty is one of those. Uh, maybe it's the most culturally known of those. Well, uh, that's not true. Okay, that may not be true. Let me just do a couple more. All right. Just on this particular element of the Mandela effect, there is a particular movie where a diabolical cannibal named Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. He greets young Clarice Starling. Or Dana Scully. (laughs) Do you remember what he says? Hello, Clarice. Hmm. Nope. He does not say hello, Clarice. He says, good morning, Clarice. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, everybody thinks of it as Hello, Clarice, despite mm-hmm. it never being uttered. I always think of uh, the first my first introduction to Silence of the Lambs was when my, my uncle was kind of teaching me chess. And okay. whenever 
I would take my characters. I I would run away in defense. He would go run away, little starling. <laughs> and it awesome. wasn't until I got older and I saw the movie and I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. And even creepier. What a creep. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't go on vacation with that uncle. <laughs> ah, he's a great uncle. I love him. You don't, you don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know shit about dick. Nor do I know dick about But I do know about Star that's... Wars. And I do know that when Darth Vader has Luke out on that Bespin scaffolding thing? Yeah, yeah, I, sure, I don't. Sure. Well, it's it's just like a platform out there. It's just it's just a catwalk. Yeah, platform. what's it for? Not even a catwalk. Why, well, I mean, it, is it just for things for people to fall off and die? Yeah, it, it's built in. H. H. Holmes designed it. <laughs> yeah, zero railings in the space catwalk. Please, just yeah. fall off at all times. Upton Sinclair would have something to say about <laughs> it. But when he decides to tell Luke the truth, do you remember what he says? Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> Wrong. He says, no, I am your father. And I know what you guys are saying. It's like, that's not true. That's impossible. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) But it's true. None of us remember it the right way. It has invaded pop culture. It tells the proper gist, which is what all of these are doing. Mm -hmm. It's conveying the totality of the idea of what's happening in that scene or in that movie, but not in the way that it was portrayed. I think in these instances of these very specific examples, they have to come from somewhere specific. Everyone knows the same one. If there were different versions of it, I I think it would be a different phenomenon. But everybody knows the same phrases, I think, because there was like a famous, like I said, like a bumper sticker or a t-shirt or uh, it was done in an SNL skit or, you know, it was done somebody on TV or in a different movie said it because it's too specific for everyone to just come up with that spontaneously. These memories are influenced by the social zeitgeist mm. uh, about these properties. I'm pretty sure that's the case with Luke, I'm your father and Beam me up Scotty. But Skip, I think we should use Ockham's Razor. Which states that the Mm. the simplest answer, all things being equal, is probably the right answer. And the simplest answer is that this is probably a different universe uh, where Mm. things played out differently and it got folded in on this universe. Right? Well, obviously. That's how I explain all the oddities in my memory. Well, it's funny that you say that because I didn't really uh, think about it until that. But another great example... Uh, the Mandela effect is probably that that's not really what Occam's Razor says. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure that's what Contact explained to me, so... (laughs) Well, yeah, that was Carl Sagan, so he would know. That sounds like a completely ridiculous idea. This is branched off of other parallel universes. But that idea persists because in quantum physics, every subatomic particle in the universe exists in multiple states until it's observed and then those other states collapse resulting in the state that we can see that we can quantify and observe when you break down math that far down it's that's kind of how it works it's called superposition where in schrodinger's cat statistically mathematically you put a cat in a box with a irradiated scorpion 
with a with a giant scorpion. <laughs> Will they get married and and drink bebop cola? No, it's because <laughs> we're going to be mommies. <laughs> ben, <laughs> Ben. <laughs> The, the idea is that, you know, there's a cat in, in a box with a radioactive material, and there's a statistically equal chance that the cat is both dead and alive. Until you open the box to look, you don't know which one it is. So mathematically, there is a point in which it's both. You know, and this is an experiment done with photons, too, that this is a, it's a whole thing. I don't know. Go watch um, What the Bleep Do We Know? Pretty sure it was Airbud, but... If you want to go with what they bleep, then fine. It might be Clifford. With Martin Short? Oh, ah, Martin Short. Little demon of my brain. I can't stand him. He's the hobgoblin that haunts my nightmares. Let his deeds be spilled out upon the world like the seed of Onan. Shame for shame. Yeah, and we can't really get into much of the actual quantum physics here, because that's that's a... But but the general idea is that that multiple universes might exist, and that the Mandela effect is a result of people moving between said universes as one or the other collapses. I think that's stupid, personally, but (laughs) (laughs) tell me how you really feel. All you have to do is look outside or on the news. You can see how people can be so invested in being so wrong all the time. Uh, You get into, like... The internet, like Facebook, for instance, really feeds into this stuff and cognitive dissonance and, you know, false memory and lack of education. And there's this cornucopia of, of stuff that goes into this phenomenon that I think there's so many societal ills that feed into this that cause it that I, I, it's like, I don't know how we can cover all of it. Honestly, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. It, it um, really is. I mean, it, people have such a major problem with someone saying you're wrong and that they, they can't admit that they're wrong. So it has to be something else, no matter how outlandish or crazy that is. Right. Like the idea that that they're wrong is harder to swallow than the most absurd – like the mental gymnastics involved in that exact phenomenon you're referring to is – it's baffling. Which one is more likely? Hmm. Yeah. Or that, you know, JFK Jr., he faked his own death that was put out on him by the Clintons so that he Mm -hmm. could wait 30 years and then emerge to do away with all of society since like 1860 and pair up with a former game show host and billionaire to run the country i what one who's also a democrat yeah <laughs> the other yeah and yeah and somehow like he would have i i mean it's all right we're, we're talking about q and on stuff but one of the things that always gets me is that so many of them they believe that there are things like uh you know satan worshiping demonic lizard people pedophiles that are killing kids, raping kids, eating kids. And they've been doing this for centuries, but the most that they, if this is true and then people in power know this is true, they don't go murder these reptiloid 
Satan worshipers, uh, they don't go save the kids who are being drained of their mythical adrenochrome. They just play out this this charade uh, because in the future, they're going to get enough in power to take control. Uh, but when you have literally like the president and you have the Congress and you have the military in your control and nothing happens because they have to wait for JFK Jr. to come back or Michael Flynn to become vice president so that they can then institute a true new world order that erases, you know, people implanting chips, you know, or, you know, uh, demonic, you know, semen worshiping crazies. Um, wait, wait, can I, can I, can I, can I pause for a second? You said semen worshiping. Yeah. Is that not a thing? Did you mean, do you mean demon? Worshiping? No, no. I said semen for, on purpose. Oh, that was intentional. Yes. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. I apologize. Oh, yeah. is that oh, is that too crazy? Is is, is something? No, like... I just I I I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious. We all we all know. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden's white enough. Great he knows. All of a sudden. He knows. Um, all right. But the idea that 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 <laughs> they wouldn't actually do something. That if you truly believe that the other political party is raping and killing your kids, you're not just going to, like, go vote. You're you're going to go do something about it. It's all of this this talking out of one side of your mouth, but not actually having the the convictions to, oh, you to mean do the, anything The coming storm? <laughs> yes, the, the ever, ever-changing date coming storm that... Is always it's it's on the horizon. It was it was literally supposed to be today. There were people gathered in Dallas, awaiting. There were hundreds of people lining the streets, waiting for JFK Jr. to oh, return. Yeah. Uh, there are people saying that like Kobe Bryant was going to return and Tupac Shakur and Robin what? Williams. Yes, that somehow that these they can't take the idea that these people died or that these people were somehow. I, I, it's it's the weird thing of like they were both suicided, or or murdered because they wouldn't play along with the cabal, or they were fake death to then be hidden away until the 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 time of the gathering, when when <laughs> all the the two there are literally two people right now that were at conferences, human on conferences, who claim to be JFK Jr. Oh. And yes, God, yes, if uh, they could only fight with swords to prove which one's the real one. Uh, Fusca and uh, what's the other one? Dingbat Jones. Yeah, fair enough. That's close enough. Yeah. Uh, the the fact that we know close uh, Vincent Fusca's name. <laughs> yeah. Fuck us. All right. We got we got brain worms just as bad as they do. Oh God, man! I remember when conspiracy theories were fun. Yeah. Yeah, they were fun. It was something interesting to like do some research in. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, there's definitely something not right in this world, but you know, it, it could be aliens. It could be reptiloid people at the center of the earth. But now we have people believing these things and running up to the capital with guns. And <laughs> well, okay. First of all, those people you're to whom you're referring, they believe that the military is doing something about it. Remember, they they have those like. 
black sites underground where they're doing all that and all those executions they're doing at Guantanamo Bay. Oh, oh, right. Biden was actually executed along with Tom Hanks, you know, along with Hillary Clinton and Oprah Winfrey, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. years ago. And then they're allowing actors to play them in roles so that the normies don't freak out. Yeah. Logically, wouldn't they also freak out when they realize all of these people have been dead for years? Are you just prolonging the freak out? Are you trying to like indoctrinate enough people so that when they can pull back the curtain and you see the wizard wasn't a wizard at all, that they're not going to flip their lids? That they're going to like agree with you and that, oh, you were right the whole time? There's just so many like layers. I'm just like a Mandela effect. You have to take all of these leaps of logic that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. And the much simpler explanations are all the more likely. I mean, are some of these Mandela effects the things that I remember? Yeah. If you would have asked me, do I remember Bernstein or Bernstein? I would have said Bernstein. Would I remember peanut butter named Jiffy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jiffy. Yeah. It's a conflagration of Jiff Skippy, which are usually right next to each other. And that's it's easy to do. Yeah, but it's also one of those things that I don't I don't think about. And when someone say, oh, there was no Jiffy, there was just Jiff. I don't freak out about it. I don't say, oh, we all need to band together and we need to take back our country from these non-Jiffy people that are ruining things. Uh, because what? the non-Jiffies, <laughs> they have a secret deep state that is controlling everything. And they're changing all of the labels on peanut butter. To say Jiff instead of Jiffy, it's so insane. Jiff is a thing. Well, they must be worshipping Moloch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because C-3PO's leg has been silver this whole time doesn't mean that I'm uh, a child-eating, you know, world-controlling Jew. <sighs> well, right. That's that's one of the worst things about the, about the QAnon thing is that it's just the protocols. Protocols of Elders of Zion. Just anti-Semitic propaganda to demonize people. This gets into some Gladwell here, too, because the whole tipping point of why this conspiracy theory won over other conspiracy theories is a long conversation. There's reasons that whole podcasts are devoted to this exact topic, that that's not what we're talking yeah. about specifically. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to, sorry for us to get off on this tangent. No, I mean, it's fair. It's actually, I think it's all part of the same thing. I think it's all part of the same. Yeah, people looking for answers that when they don't understand things, that it, it, it can't be a random, you know, congregation of, of varying elements that are hard to explain or quantify or qualify, that they have to put larger, more meaningful explanations so that it, mm-hmm. it's a more orderly existence. But that's not what life for the world or universe is. It's chaos. Yes, but also, no, because, like, take the JFK assassination. It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that that happened and that one person could have done that. Nobody really wants to think about it or believe it, but it's definitely possible because it happened. But the dumbest part is that there is some conspiracy behind it. It probably had nothing to do with the actual assassination, but there were people that dropped the ball during the investigation 
the CIA did do shady crap back then, and they did involve the mafia in operations they did in Central and South America. And a lot of those things are true. They just don't happen to be true in this case, you yeah. know? And well, at least as far as we know. And so, like, you know, there's enough actual conspiracy going on. Because, like, with the QAnon thing, it's like, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein was a piece of shit. Jeffrey Epstein, that, that is true. But that doesn't mean that any of that other stuff was actually happening. But it makes it look like it's possible. Right. I mean, it, it's the same reason, like, I, I can identify with them when they're like, yes, the rich are in power and they're holding it over us and they've created a system where we can't get ahead and, you know, it's it's all against us. And you know what? I, I believe you. I think that's true. That doesn't mean that they're Satan-worshipping lizard people. You know? Right. They can just be yeah. wealthy assholes. And that, you know, <laughs> it, the same people, just because they don't vote the way you vote, doesn't mean they rape children. Or that they stole an election. Or that they stole an election. Uh, and it's like the same people in that party that they are voting for are just as wealthy, if not wealthier, and just as corrupt. Oh, yeah. But they... they if not more they so. They have to find a villain, you know? It's the same with all things, you know? It's like, that's why every election cycle you have, you know, a caravan of immigrants, and it, it's just demonization. But it, it's gotten so mm-hmm. toxic now that it's hard to see coming back from them, because it's it's not just a group of immigrants or... Those people over there, it's like half of everyone is now evil and deserves to die. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I know how you how you get a, around that. You can't really have discourse anymore. When it's not like whether we both agree, you know, this tax plan's too too much, this tax plan's too little. Um but it's it's you know, you're gonna steal my kid and yeah, rape them and kill them. We we lo- we long for the days of debate over Medicaid reallotment. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I know it's it's a sad state of affairs, but Adrenochrome was essentially made up by Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything. No, it's it's not like that. And it's synthesized in a lab. It's not, uh, yeah. like you can buy it. Uh, the 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 most bizarre thing is that. Made up things been, then become the things that they point to. So when you when you see a lot of QAnon people, they're like, "Oh, it's real. It was in a movie." And I was like, "Well, that doesn't make it real, and that doesn't mean that's how it happens." A great example of that is where we go one, we go all. Exactly. That's th- they claim that's a quote from a speech from JFK, and because they idolized JFK for some ungodly reason, and. No, it's a quote from the movie White Squall from the 90s. Yeah, and they say, oh, it was on JFK's boat. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Not at all. That's from a movie from the 90s. Provable. You can prove this. (laughs) Maybe that's our biggest problem with all of this, is that we are now in a post-fact era. We're post-truth, post-fact, and in a way, post-debate. Because when you can't debate over facts, when facts don't matter anymore, then all of that's lost. That's true. You can't have a debate if if there's no agreed upon standard or or fact. Yeah, yeah. It, you can't have a debate if there's if the other party doesn't agree that the foundation of if there's no agreed upon truth. 
Yeah. Once a reality becomes completely subjective, then we have no... You're really in trouble yeah, then. There's, you, it's hard to really connect with other people. Mm, that is true. So well, that's a lot like Pokemon, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and now we come back from that one. Okay, so as far as pop culture goes, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. That's a good one. <laughs> um, never said it. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Oh, yeah. It, it, that's right. It's magic it mirror. It is magic on the mirror. Wall. That's right. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the death of Abe Bogota. But I mean, that's a lot of just like people think people are dead. I mean, Sinbad was one, right? But Abe Vigoda, like, it happened to him multiple times over decades. <laughs> Several times they announced that he was dead, and he was like, no, like, what are you talking about? I think the, uh, the only thing that's even similar is Richard Pryor. I mean, there were always all these reports of Richard Pryor's death. He put out a comedy special called I'm Not Dead. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's become a thing more and more over the years, you know, where different people... A website will come out and claim that they're dead, and then, you know, there's a hubbub. Is this person dead? Some news sites will even possibly report it, and then the person comes out and says they're not. A weird phenomena. Here's one of my favorites. I don't know if you've heard about this. Do you know about the Walker's color change? The Walker's color change? So, in the UK, there's a potato chip brand called Walker's. They're essentially the Lay's of the UK, right? Mm-hmm. So, the two most popular flavors of their chips are you mean crisp? cheese and onion. Yes. <laughs> yes. They do call them crisps. I changed this for, for but yes, <laughs> they are just crisps. In, in America, them's their chips. And chips are fries over there. And here, fries are freedom. <laughs> you know, they did that in World War II as well with uh, sauerkraut. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did the exact same thing. Uh, it was called Freedom Cabbage. God, we are awful. So its most popular flavors in the UK were cheese and onion and salt and vinegar. The color of the packets of those chips are green and blue. And for Walkers specifically, the blue packet is cheese and onion, and the green packet is salt and vinegar. And I'm talking about those little packs, you know, the like individual Little ones snack packs? See. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two out of every three people in the United Kingdom believes that the color of the packaging for those flavors changed in the 90s. They swapped. That they used to be green for cheese and onion and blue for salt and vinegar. Walkers, the company, claims that never happened. And it got so nuts that people vividly remember specific advertisements about this. People remember seeing... Independently of each other, remember seeing commercials where they made fun of this, where this was like a, you know, a trope to the extent that one of their competitors created a petition on the government's website to standardize the color of those flavors packages. Problem is that never happened. <laughs> it's not real. There's actually a really great podcast called uh, The Walker Switch, which huh. delves into this. It's fun, it's sincere, and then it gets silly because they realize how ridiculous it gets when they go down the rabbit hole. An entire majority of the UK population believes this happened. What did happen was, also, so there was this poll done by a research in- institute showed that people believed that cheese and onion should be green because 
I'm guessing green onions. Yeah, makes sense. And that salt, yeah, salt and vinegar should be blue. Like a vast majority of people believe that. And research carried out by a doctor named Charles Spence, who's a professor of experimental psychology at the University of Oxford, found that wrapper colors for salt and vinegar and cheese and onion crisps or chips can affect the product's taste. He says, quote, many subjects will taste the color of the crisp packet, not the crisp itself. Our brains excel in picking up associations and then using them as shortcuts. Hmm. When the color makes us expect something to taste a certain way, we'll taste what we expect. Having packets which are different from the norm causes unnecessary confusion. You know, there's an expectation that colors the experience. So, this in combination with the fact that up until the late 80s and early 90s, the potato chip market in the UK was regionalized. Walker's was sort of relegated to the south. And there were other smaller companies in the north, east, and west. But during this period, there was a bunch of mergers and takeovers. And when these bigger companies like Nabisco and PepsiCo bought up all these companies, they merged all their branding. They shuttered some labels and, you know, buoyed some others that were more famous. So that's when Walkers went nationwide instead of just being a southern company. So there's a period in the in the late 80s, early 90s when Pepsi bought them, where suddenly you had walkers on the shelves of places where it wasn't before, and they had the opposite coloring for the same flavors of potato chips. And so, like, for instance, Golden Wonder is, the, is another competitor for walkers. They had cheese and onion and green packages and salt and vinegar and blue packages starting in the 60s. So the actual phenomenon is not that walkers changed their colors, but that walkers were suddenly available in places they didn't exist before and had opposite coloring. And so they're wrong. They're remembering it wrong because everyone else does something one way, one company does it the other way, and then they became more common. Even Golden Wonder created a petition to the government to get the color of those packages for those specific flavors standardized. And they put out ad campaigns talking about how upset they were that Walker switched colors. I mean, they're remembering it wrong, and they've been around since the 60s. And this is a quote from Scott Guthrie, the marketing director at the parent company that owns Golden Wonder. He said, quote, I grew up in the days when blue meant salt and vinegar and green meant cheese and onion. So I am just as frustrated as anybody by the confusing crisp shelves. We've seen more and more customers bringing up their own frustrations about crisp packet colors in the past few months from letters to endless conversations on Facebook and Twitter. We know this is a real issue with the public. And then he goes on to say, The time has come to restore the natural order and address the issue. We want crisp lovers nationwide to stand up and help make a change. Enough is enough. They Even the competitor genuinely thinks this happened. <laughs> I guess because it's so trivial that no one bothered to correct the next generation. I, I think this is actually one of the best examples of the Mandela, Mandela effect, because none of this happened. And there's a very distinct cause. People have created these fictions, these vivid, clear memories that aren't real. <laughs> it's kind of like in, um, you know, in Spanish they call lemons and limes limon. 
Si. There's only one word for both. Si. Because there was this old misconception that limes were just unripe lemons. And everyone knows that's not true. But they still do that and they still treat it that way because of this complete misconception. So one of the one of the other things is um, a lot of people don't know that or don't remember that C-3PO always had a silver leg. That he's all gold mm-hmm. except for silver. And... I remember reading a bit where one of the official photographers on the Star Wars set who had been taking photos of those characters for years since their inception. He was taking a photo and he talked like, I I believe he talked to Anthony Daniels and was like, oh, when did you guys change out C-3PO's leg to be silver? And he's like, it's always been that way. And this is a guy who takes pictures of those characters for a living. He has for years and he just, didn't recognize it. He didn't process it. You know, I have a theory about that very specific example, too. I think part of that in our collective misremembering is because the other 3PO unit in that scene is all silver. Mm-hmm. People forget that that one exists, and so they just kind of conflate the two. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of the lighting in those shots. It doesn't highlight the silver. A lot of other shots where he's talking, you can't really see below the knee. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people were watching on crappy VHS tapes that weren't, you know, in low definition. Well, if you needed any further proof in the Abrams films, he has a red arm for the same reason. I don't I don't think that's true. He always had a silver arm. What are you talking about? (laughs) What's the, what is the color of the planet you're living on? <laughs> it could be misremembering. That's all true. It it could be larger psychological processes, collective societal mistelling of stories, or it could be certain things that Philip K. Dick, the author, mm. one of the most prolific science fiction authors of all time, and renowned nut job, uh, perhaps he had some thoughts on this way back. In 1977. And so I'd just like to read a little bit from mm. some stuff that he wrote in... At the same time, he had a, a, a discussion in Metz, France. And he also uh, had an essay. And they kind of took out bits of both. If you find this world bad, you should see some of the others. So mm. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Just for your listening pleasure and to expand your mind. Hmm. All right. How does Philip K. Dick sound? You think it sounds like this? I don't know. I doubt it. Probably not. But this is how it will sound. We are living in a computer programmed reality, and that the only clue we have to this is when some variable is changed and some alteration in our reality occurs. We have an overwhelming impression that we were once reliving the present. Deja vu. Perhaps in precisely the same way, hearing the same words, saying the same words. I submit that these impressions are valid and significant. And I will even say this, such an impression is a clue that in some past point time, a variable was changed. I believe I know a great secret. When a work on restoration is completed, we will not even remember the tyrannies, the cruel barbarianisms of the earth we inhabited. The vast body of pain and grief and loss and disappointment within us will be expunged as if it never had been. I believe that process is taking place now, has always been taking place now, and mercifully, we are already being permitted to forget that which formerly was. 
and perhaps in my novels and stories, I have done wrong to urge you to remember. So just just to point out, this is one of the first instances of people talking about kind of Mandela effect things. Well, not like in thing, but in in a popular culture sense that then. Living in a simulation that people have really jumped onto at this point, uh, that literal deja vu moments of glitches in the Matrix, which the Matrix made famous, came directly from this. But this is also a guy who said that the man in the high castle and the flow, my tears, the policeman said, are literal memories he had of other lives that he (laughs) lived that got folded in. To this existence and no longer existed. It's still more interesting than most of Stephen King stuff. So. <laughs> hey, doesn't mean he didn't make great science fiction. Uh, I mean, he's one of the great science fiction minds of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a great uh, jumping off point for more fictional ideas. But I don't know if I'm going to put all of the stock into my gnosis of reality uh, on on based on that. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't. I mean, first of all, the computational power involved in in simulating the entire universe is insanely stupid. Like the, it's impossible on any level, and also, déjà vu is most likely a product of. When you record memory engrams, uh, there there are times that you that it just accidentally records them twice in two parallel, you know, memory traces, and so you have the feeling that you've done it before, uh, even though you haven't, because you're you've already you've already also you you know you've it's essentially a a, a real time memory. Not, I mean, so none of that, like we, I don't know. I I think it's probably I'm going by neuroscience here. It's probably the great uh, game player who died that last game, and he restarted over at the 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 checkpoint, and he decided to take left instead of right, which is why I remember mm. up to that point, and then we mm. continue on. That's that's more likely, I think. Yeah, the decisions made by the the, the great turtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are several explanations to go into the Mandela effect, and most likely, it's not like this is recognized by any sort of medical, you know, organization whatsoever. Well, um, not on this planet. On the planet Zeist, <laughs> it is. They know all about it. I like to think that on Zeist they have a TV show called The Z Files that covers this. Mm, now you're in Rick and Morty territory here. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean you're, to do that to us. Well, Rick and Morty is still good. It's just the fans suck. <laughs> it's, it's like Deadpool or Venom or whatever. Yeah, they kind of drove me off. I haven't even seen the latest season. It's good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. just like, uh, but I'm, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to watch Deadpool for the same reason. I've I still have not seen Venom for that very reason. I think I think the Deadpool films are better than the Venom films. I really liked the second one because mm. they they did Juggernaut really well. I I finally got a good Juggernaut, but he didn't did he didn't say Juggernaut bitch though did he? That's why I liked it. <laughs> hey, uh, hashtag not my Juggernaut. Okay, 
Uh, look, I love Vinny Jones as much as the next guy who got kicked in the balls during a soccer match, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Hashtag Juggy for all. Jugs Magazine seems a huge spike in readership. <laughs> wow. If if we could spread that way, by all means. Yes. Oh, hey. Any, Please. Any means is necessary. You, use the hashtag Juggy for all if, uh, if you happen <laughs> no, to hear this. No, 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 no. We're going to get so many Juggalos. No. <laughs> hey. Hey, you know what they are? Listeners. And that's what we need. That's what we want. Okay. So the Mandela Effect is very obviously a combination of different phenomenon. And it's important to remember that a memory, you know, it's just a a network of neurons in the brain. They store this information electrochemically. The physical location we often call an engram. The engram is transferred from temporary sites like the hippocampus to permanent storage sites like the prefrontal cortex. Things we've learned before, they create a framework for filing away similar memories, the result of which is storing certain memories close to each other in the brain. One thing that reinforces this is a study from 2016 on human semantic memory, long-term memories of ideas and concepts devoid of personal detail. So researchers used an MRI to study brain activity during an exercise, you know, to see how, what parts of the brain reacted when similar words in adjacent regions of the brain fired when enacting the exercise. So essentially they were creating a semantic map of language. Here's an example. So Ben Franklin heard of him. Most people were taught in school that he was a founding father but that he wasn't a president. However, people, when you ask them on the street, think he was a president. There are a couple of reasons for that, one of which is being on currency, yes. But there's also a phenomenon where the memory of Benjamin Franklin is encoded in an area of the brain where memories for presidents are stored. So, And so it's easy to just kind of like associate the two. I think that's very true. I think also some of that is um, American school systems are terrible. (laughs) I think that's (laughs) also a part of it. Ding, ding, ding. There is that. But granted, I'm ADHD, so that's it's kind of hard to (laughs) – I don't know how my brain works. That kind of (laughs) goes. Essentially, the Mandela effect kind of breaks down this way. It's a combination of a couple of different neurological – I'm not going to say disorders because it's not a disorder. It's uh, just a phenomenon. A lot of them – are a combination of these things. One is confabulation. Confabulation. Confabul. What did I say? Confabulation. Oh, did I really? Oh, god damn it! That's something when you eat too many uh, pieces of pizza and mozzarella sticks at a con. <laughs> you dip it in ranch and then put it on a donut. Yeah, <laughs> put it through the hole of the donut, and, <laughs> and you throw it in the air and you catch it in your mouth. That's confabulation. <laughs> so confabulation. It's where your brain fills in the gaps that are missing in your memories to make more sense of them. It's not that it's like dishonest or lying, but it's remembering details that didn't actually happen. Yeah, that's why memories aren't all that strong in a court of law. Yeah, witness testimony in a court of law. Basically, this is Facebook. (laughs) Especially since confabulation tends to increase with age. 
Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a boomer disorder right there. (laughs) Got a little boomeritis going on in my brain. (laughs) Boomerology, yeah. (laughs) I'm not into boomerology. (laughs) Uh, That's such a weird one because that's like a specific reference to one album (laughs) put out by the Doors. (laughs) One, One live performance on one album. Another factor is most likely misleading post-event information. It's information that you learn after an event that can change your memory of the event you witnessed or that you know existed. It includes sometimes subtle information, which is one of the reasons that you're mentioning eyewitness testimony unreliable. Your recollection of things can be colored by people talking about it in the media or just your friends talking about it. I mean, and there have been studies, tons of studies done about this. It's a widely known phenomenon. And the third element is the government. Potato salad. (laughs) It's priming. So where you, it's the factors that lead up to an event that affect your perception. It's the idea that you have already pre-colored the question before you even ask it. That's why I always ask, uh, how great was that sex we just had? So, like, with the Sinbad scenario, it probably just started as, like, one person on the internet saying this, and then it influenced people's memories of it. And then when pictures came out of other events and things like that, it tainted the entire pool. And this is supported by evidence that remembering something repeatedly builds your confidence in that memory, even if it grows more inaccurate. The way the human brain works in the limited way that we know it works is that You're not remembering a memory when you remember something or recall something. You're remembering the last time you recalled it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because every time you do, new pathways in your brain are created to record that memory. It's like a copy of a copy. Yeah. And they've done a lot of studies on this. They've done a lot of tests on this. Like, for instance, researchers discovered a simple method of inducing, for instance, false memories. It's called the Dees Rodiger McDermott Task Paradigm. During the tests for this, participants read a list of, you know, semantically related words, things that we would associate with each other. In this study specifically, the words were zebra, monkey, whale, snake, and elephant. And after reading these, researchers would ask participants whether or not they recall a lure word, which by definition, is another word not included on the list, but could semantically be related to those words. Like a lion. Did you look this up too? No. Yes, that's the word. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, wild. (laughs) Uh, It's like roar. (laughs) Yes, lion. You know, they put lion in the list of words when they asked them to pick out the words that they had been read or seen. And most of them picked lion. You know, now that I've said lion, now I can't remember zebra, monkey, whale, snake, elephant. But I want to say mm-hmm. lion. Yep. Yeah. No, I, yes, exactly. That's exact. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. You were right. It's zebra, monkey, whale, snake, elephant. But lion is so closely associated in parts of our brain and in certain situations that we, assume that that's part of the list. Like I said, I fell down a long rabbit hole last night. (laughs) And 
there is that X-Files episode about this where they discuss that it's not called the Mandela effect necessarily. That's a funny bit or whatever, but as it turns out, <laughs> I don't I don't like that sigh. I don't either. There's a Mandela effect about the Mandela effect? What? Okay. We're coming into new territory here because this is not something that I have backed up by anybody. This isn't a study that I found. This is just my research from last night and actually the last week. The phenomenon was referred to as the Mendala effect. M-E-N-D-A-L-A. I mean, the, the first thing you say is, well, they misspelled it, mm-hmm. right? Nope. This is right. You would think, oh, maybe they misspelled it. No. In these instances, these people don't know who Nelson Mandela even is. They think this is the word associated with this phenomenon. And the most frequent instances of this appeared on Facebook. <sighs> yeah. So they think this is like some scientist that came up with this and named it? I, I don't even know if they even think about it, honestly. Uh, okay, and then it gets better. Oh, Actually, it gets, it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> I also found many instances, many instances of the Mandala effect, M-A-N-D-A-L-A. Like a a Buddhist mandala? No. No, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. I even read an article where the person referenced Nelson Mandala. Again, this isn't someone just mistyping something and no editing happening multiple times over and over again. Hey. <sighs> I'm scared, Skip. <laughs> I know, I know we should all be scared. We should all be scared. Okay, so I went down the whole rabbit hole also of uh mandalas because those are interesting. So an actual mandala is it's a geometric drawing uh used in Buddhist and tantric meditation. It represents a mind palace that you explore during meditation. And each object in the palace has significance. It represents wisdom, or it reminds you of some guiding principle. And the entire purpose of it is to transform ordinary thought into enlightened ideas and assist with, like, you know, like healing and uh, centering and, you know, like sort of general peace. Mm hmm. It got so bad in this arena. I'm going to now, and no one has ever said this before, I don't think. I'm going to make the case for the mandala effect as an actual phenomenon. (laughs) Because so many people think this is real. That this is how it is. That I think it fits into the mandala effect. Okay, okay. Mandala effect. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, now, the mandala (laughs) effect. Okay, please. I'm going to state right now that it's real. The mandala effect being that people are finding peace and enlightenment? No. Okay. That they think that that's what the mandala effect is. That mon... Okay. Uh... You see what I'm saying? That there that there's this general, like, a huge swath of the, of the population that thinks that that's what the mandala effect is? This is... It, you see me, audience, shaking my head? I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Can you hear it? I found so many things online <laughs> where it's not just that people that people have come up with philosophies about that based on the wrong information, that it's spelled that way, and then they looked that part up 
and they ran with that, that it's a total phenomenon. Uh, <laughs> For instance, okay, I'm, qu- I'm going to quote from a subreddit here. This is, I think, from the Mandela Effect subreddit. This is a guy named Temporary Nuisance. <laughs> Live on an infamy. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, I always thought it was the Mandala effect, like sand mandalas, because, you know, history is impermanent and swept away like sand, leaving only a flawed memory of what was. After 10 years of knowing about the the (laughs) Mandela effect and having exactly zero people correct me on saying or writing out the Mandala effect, I swear, even hearing people say the Mandala effect, recently learning about the Mandela effect and having everyone accept... That, as what the effect has always been called, was very trippy and a meta experience. I hate all of this. Yeah, I do too. It's bad. And then I went down this ridiculous uh, rabbit hole. My brain, no, my brain is Swiss cheese now. It's like, yeah, you're, I, you're, I, you're trying to break other people's brains right now, mine included. Uh, yeah, I'm like Al Capone at the end of his life, the syphilitic <laughs> brain. So I, I, I unfortunately, when looking for this, found a bunch of references to Islamic mandalas. Okay. Which are not a thing. I didn't think I'd heard of that before. I even found the official Islamic art of Australia website includes an entire thing about Islamic mandalas. They don't use mandalas. Yeah, if you just Google it, a lot of stuff comes up. Yeah. And that's ridiculous because... Islamic geometric artworks are not mandalas. Those are different. Those are Buddhist and Hindu. Islamic art, they do use circular patterns of geometric shapes, but they are not mandalas. In fact, I got this from a website called, uh, a Q&A website called About Islam, where someone asked if they, if it was okay that they display mandalas or whatever. Quote, Mandalas are used as aids for meditation in Buddhism and Hinduism. They believe them as props for developing mindfulness and help meditation. As a Muslim, however, you should avoid using mandalas or placing them in your home or car. By doing so, you are imitating them. Instead, you should replace them with genuine Islamic symbols. Islamic calligraphy involving verses of the Quran and forms of the Dikr or Dua, including names of Allah should be the preferred choices. So, basically, <laughs> the only people that refer to them as mandalas are people who don't know anything about Islam. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's frustrating and annoying and ridiculous. And it's all self-perpetuating. It's like a monkey yeah. choking on his own tail. Which which is funny, because that's another... What? Effect. No! Curious George doesn't have a tail. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, okay. That one I've heard. <laughs> okay, well, okay, did you notice that in the movie? Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I did, I saw that right away, actually, before they even mentioned it. But, I mean, they, they, they laid it on pretty thick. And we are, we are talking about the, uh, we both watched the movie, uh, The Mandela Effect, which is fine. Um, it's fine. It's, it's not, I, it's not great, it's not bad. It's it's watchable and I thought it was going to be yeah. bad. I thought it was no, going to be bad too, but it, it's just fine. It's fine. You know what's a better version of that movie? Um, Lunopolis. It was like a uh, pseudo documentary. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. It's lower budget and in some ways makes no sense, but it is very obviously just about Scientology. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely trying to think more on on things. This is this is a little more um uh hallmark generic. Yeah, it's more like the butterfly effect than it is Sound of Thunder, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My my brain is dying from this all these worms you've put in there. It's essentially the reason that it's a false memory shared by so many people is because when you live in a society where we all share the same language or at least similar language or a similar environment and are exposed to the same media, there's a thing that we vaguely remember and you're filling, your brain fills in the blanks to make it make more sense in your mind. Here's a good example. I had a personal one about a year ago. I was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark and it was late at night. Uh, I was drinking a bit. and i remember watching it and when they do the um adventure alan quartermain like the map where he's flying over the map yeah so and he flies to to egypt i swear to this day that i saw israel on that map huh i vividly remember i remember thinking like well that doesn't make any sense because israel was created in 1948 what could that possibly be like that's got to be a mistake Maybe it was just like something that they overlooked. I became obsessed with it. Like I texted nearly everyone I know asking if they remember it. I remember I I, I had my dad go track down the VHS copy of that that he has <laughs> to look at it. Yeah. And none of it was in there. And then I – it was on Netflix, I think. And then I went back the next day and I watched it again and, and it was Palestine like it always was. But I vividly remember it being Israel. Like I saw that. It's very obvious that I probably saw Palestine, and then in my brain, my brain went, oh, wow, like, well, that's Israel now. And then my brain constructed this false memory, <laughs> like, out of nowhere. Yeah. And then, you know, the next day, obviously, the world went back to order. That doesn't mean it's an alternate universe. It means I've, I had a couple, and I remembered it wrong. That's... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's that's the if you want to sum up the Mandela effect, I had a couple and I remembered it wrong. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> kind of like Roswell, <laughs> the the TV show. Well, I mean, tangentially, I guess, but because you know that the, the that ship didn't didn't land in Roswell. It was a different town. It was just Roswell was the closest. Right. Yeah. Okay. Place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, everybody kind of remembers what happened to Roswell a certain way, but probably didn't happen that way. And you know why? The government. Potato salad. Yep. <laughs> That's probably what it is. I, I blame Bob Lazar for all of it. You know, I always thought it was carrot salad. I've never heard of potato salad. What was the name of the guy that claims that he when it was in that firefight underneath? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So that was actually it wasn't at um it wasn't at Area 51. It was at the Dulce base. Yeah, well he's dead now. Um Oh, did he die? Yeah, you're talking oh. about the guy who like who was missing fingers because they got burned off yeah. by aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Phil Schneider. They they have a picture of him and I was like, "Yes, that's the dude." He lost several fingers during a firefight between terrified soldiers and frightened alien life forms. I don't know, it's like things changed. I don't know when that <laughs> happened. It's probably about the time the McRib came out, I think. Oh, yeah. No, it's when McDonald's had pizza. Or spaghetti. They did have spaghetti. Did they have spaghetti? I don't believe it. I won't believe it. It's a thing that exists. Ask the Griddler. (laughs) You show me the Griddler, I'll ask him. 
This is again a lot like Pokemon, and yeah, uh, that's how Pokemon works. That's how they got their soul. There is a uh, Mandela effect about Pokemon too. No, you didn't not... read this. No, I didn't read this. This one's, uh, but I'm oh. I'm I'm scared to go down this path now. Everyone remembers Pikachu's tail having a black tip to it. Oh, okay. I scanned right past this. Yeah. So in reality, what people are remembering is the early stage of evolution. Pichu. Yeah, he goes Super Saiyan, right? He and Frieza both jump in the air and then switch places, and then they're both shocked that they did so. And they kiss hard. Then that's three episodes. (laughs) Just like this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, that is a lot like Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've truly come full circle. Yeah, we should probably call it a day. Well, we we appreciate you all sticking out. We hope we've <laughs> melted your brains enough. If you can, please leave a review. Maybe even five stars. Uh, five five uh, Pichus. That's how we get seen. And how we get heard. <laughs> yeah, it's not about us making you know making us feel better about ourselves. It's literally how we get seen by the algorithms. So, yeah, until it changes, because the great Gutenberg in the sky rewrites things. Remember, no matter where you go, 